Hey, this is Laura Mayo, and you're listening to the Nashville Soul Music Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Nashville Soul Music Podcast. My name's Cowboy Keith, I'm your host, and today we're talking with singer Laura Mayo. Hi, Cowboy Keith. Hi, Laura. It's <laughs> nice to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So, as I always do, let's start at the beginning. Where were you born? I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee, and then... Yes, sir. Were you, uh, were you raised in Memphis, Tennessee? Did you stay there long? Um, lived in Memphis until I was about 11, I guess, and then we moved to Southern California, and that's where I grew up. Did you graduate high school? I did. I graduated high school in um, Irvine, California, Woodbridge High. What was your first job out of high school? Oh, my first job out of high school. Um, I think it was at an Italian restaurant. Yeah. A server? Did you work in the kitchen? Um, I was a hostess, and I worked there for about three hours. <laughs> Quit or fired? Quit. Quit. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't um, take it. Couldn't, couldn't take it anymore. No. Um, and then Best Buy. So, you, you graduated high school in Irvine, California. Very briefly, in an Italian restaurant. Yes. Went into retail. Uh-huh. And then, did you go to school? Did you... No, no, I, well, no, actually, okay, I did. I went to, I'm lying to you now. I went to community college for about three weeks. I don't really stick with things very long. Obviously, I'm realizing this is, this is like um, learning, learning a whole lot about myself. So, Laura, what did your mom do for a living? Uh, mom has been working retail forever. She, uh, she's a district manager at Steinmart. The costume jewelry capital of the USA. Yeah, right, yes. You want some bobbly plastic earrings, Steinmart. Oh, that's the place to go. And your dad is uh, a musician, correct? He is. is he, uh-huh. I mean, he's still a musician. He, uh, he's been writing jingles for 35 years now. Wow. Yeah. He used to be in rock bands and did that whole thing and then realized that he had to make a real living. <laughs> what was his most successful rock band that he was in? Um, he was in Black Oak, Arkansas. Jim Dandy to the rescue. To the rescue. <laughs> That's great. Now, how long did he play with Black Oak, Arkansas? Oh, ooh. M- maybe like three years. I might be, I could be making that up. Should I call him? Should we ask him? <laughs> it's, it's okay. So for a, a, a period of a couple years. Right, yeah. I th- he lived in the, uh, in the Ozark Mountains with them for a while. And a, Hippie commune style. Oh, absolutely. So what would you say was the biggest influence of your parents' musical taste on you? I was raised listening to a lot of different stuff. I mean, um, the Beatles were probably the biggest influence in my life. Um, I say that the Beatles taught me how to sing. Well, I think the Beatles saw a lot of people out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was singing harmonies along with the Beatles when I was like three in the car with my dad. And I remember my dad being like, uh, what? Like, you're three. What are you? How are you doing this? You know, I remember him. I like I remember him running in the house and telling my mom, Laura is singing harmony with the Beatles. And my mom was like, OK, cool. And he's like, no, she's three. Like, this is awesome. But yeah. Now, was your mother uh, a musician at all as well? She is not. Um, mom claims that she has, like, no musical talent whatsoever, but she's actually a pretty good singer. 
singer. She is. The yes. apple doesn't fall too far. <laughs> You're a pretty lovely singer yourself. Thank you. So when did you get the bug? When did it bite? When did you like, oh, I got to do music. I, I, this is what I have to do. Um, I think it bit. I, I was, um, I actually was in, well, I was actually forced to be in choir when I was in high school. I wanted nothing to do with singing. Couldn't stand singing in front of people. It, it just gave me horrible anxiety. Um, my mom met with my high school counselor and, um, told her that the only elective I was allowed to take was choir. And, um, and she told my counselor, Laura's going to be against it. She was going to, she's going to want to do anything but be in choir. But you have to tell her that there's like no available classes in like art or anything. It's got to be music. So yeah, so they lied to me and told me that the only class available was choir as an elective. And so I, I had to do it. It was first period choir. And um, my teacher was Mr. Ron Soderwall, and he... Shout out to Ron. Yeah. <laughs> Love him. Um, he, he changed my life. He, he made me realize that I wanted to sing. Do you think that shaped early how you sing, how you project, or how you form notes, or how you look and listen to music? Um. Yeah, I I think I think he had a lot to do with it. He really he loved jazz music and uh he my choir ended up doing like a lot of jazz standards and um you know, he would give me solos here and there and um I think that's probably when I realized that I wanted to stick with jazz and that I kind of wanted that to be my thing and it was like the most natural kind of music for me. That's great. I had a great band teacher as well named Gary Van Horn. He was a trumpet player. Oh, Gary Van Horn. Yep. And he was a, he was a great guy, and he really shaped how I uh, followed my path in life. You know? Awesome. So every year I try to send him an email or a Facebook message or something telling him thank you. And I, yeah. And I mean that. Me, uh, actually, yeah. A music Mr. teacher can be very important. They can be. Mr. Soderwall, uh, he actually texted me a week ago, asked me how I was doing and everything, and I uh, I sent him a couple tunes, and he told me how proud he is of me and brought brought tears to my eyes. That's great. Yeah, it was awesome. So, you uh, you had some failed jobs in Irvine. Uh-huh. Uh, a few. What was your first professional music experience? Oh, my first professional music experience. Um, actually, I had a uh, I had a voice teacher when I was sixteen, seventeen. Her name was Ellen Johnson. She um, she put me in the studio with like a little um, jazz trio, little group of guys um, in Pasadena. I got to experience like being in the studio and playing with an amazing band. I think I was, I think I was 17 or 18. Um, it was terrifying. When I listen back to those songs, I'm like cringing. I think they're just horrific, but I mean, it's, it's fun to go back and listen and see how much I've grown and changed since then. And I mean, I guess that for a 17 year old singing jazz, they're, they're okay. I'm I sure think... your sure your dad was very proud of the direction you took instead of just going. Yes. 
going all Britney Spears on them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and growing up, you know, we listened to a lot of Frank Sinatra and actually we listened to a lot of Louis Prima. And so I, I think my dad, I think deep down always kind of wanted to be a jazz singer, <laughs> but he's got, he's got a real like pop voice. And so I don't think he ever really felt like he could be a jazz singer, even though I think he could. I think he could do anything. But yeah, I think he definitely was excited that I took the jazz route. All right. When did you leave California? Because you're in Nashville now, so there must have been some space Um, in between. Yes. um, I left California, I guess I've been in Nashville about three and a half years now. Straight from California? Um, California to Atlanta. I was in Atlanta for about three months. And then um, moved to Nashville. wasn't wasn't a big wasn't a big fan of Atlanta. didn't didn't find my spot there. So uh, my dad um, actually lives like thirty miles south of um, Nashville. So I actually moved from Atlanta. Moved in with dad for a bit. Got my life together, and then uh, came on up to Nashville. And here I am. Um, now uh, anyone who's going to Google your name is going to find this out. Mm. besides finding out that you're young and beautiful, they're going to find out that you were on American Idol. Oh, you just have to bring it up. I have Don't to. Don't That's Hey, that's the first thing that comes up on Google. Great. So, tell me, did you audition in Atlanta or Nashville? I auditioned in Nashville. And how far did you get? I made it to the top 100. To the top 100. Is that... Uh, I assume that involves some airtime. Did you make it to Hollywood? I did make it to Hollywood, which is really Pasadena, by the way. And did you audition in front of the host of the show, or was it a subcommittee? Um, you audition in front of so many people before you actually get to like the real judges, and there's like five auditions um, over like a span of uh, like maybe three months. You're going through all these different so auditions. When- at the end of that three months, did you audition for the television judges? I did. And which were they at? It was Randy, uh, Steven Tyler, and Jennifer Lopez. And then uh, they told you, hey, you're going to go to Hollywood. And you were on a, a subsequent broadcast, or were you just on the broadcast that, that made it when you auditioned? Um, I, they, they only showed me, I think, when I was actually in Hollywood. So yeah. you made it to, to, to Hollywood. Right. You... Performed for the judges, yes. you moved on to the top 100, and that was your last time on. Right. Okay. Yes. Did you enjoy the experience? I enjoyed parts of the experience. Did you make any new friends? I did. Um, I, I have a really, really good friend, actually, that will be moving here in about two weeks. Hannah Mulholland. She was a contestant. Uh-huh. We both got kicked off the same night. <laughs> yeah. Um, she is from Malibu. California, and she's moving to Nashville in a couple weeks. Okay, so you got past that, and and, uh, then you started singing with a show band in Nashville. When did you start singing with that show band? I guess maybe a year and a half ago, almost. That band is called Top Tier. Top Tier. Do you still perform with that band? I do. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've been doing that for a year and a half, and then you sing with other people in town, such as Black Diamond, who is a a Black Neil Diamond. Yes which I can imagine can be fun at times. It is super fun. And you sing with your friend Alexis. I do. I sing with my friend Alexis. We sing with a uh, band called the Magnolia Sons. And we also sing backup for Cooper and the Jam. Cooper and the Jam. And you also do studio and session stuff. We do. Here in Nashville. Yes. 
rock, pop, country, soul, R&B? What, what do you listen to the most? Um, I listen to everything. I mean, I, I, love, I love pop music. I love rock. On um, your drive over here to do this interview, what were you listening to? Oh, I was listening to myself. <laughs> well, that's cool. So you're listening to yourself. You're proud of what you do. Yes, I was listening to uh, some of the songs that uh, that that we've done. Yeah, I've you know just just giving them a quick listen. So, um, one of your favorite jazz R and B or soul tunes. What would that be? Um, favorite jazz tune. Um, the version of "Embraceable You" that Louis Prima and Keely Smith do. It's a live version awesome they're certainly i'm a big fan of both louis prima sam butera yes and keely smith absolutely they're amazing and, uh, i i one of my personal favorites is keely's solo record swing you lovers which i really dig oh, i love keely she's probably influenced me the most out of every female singer that i love she's she's who i aspire to be i think yeah okay so now we come to time. Let's talk about Inglehood Records. Inglehood. I first became aware of Laura when our piano player Micah, who plays with, on all the Inglehood Records, uh, brought her in because I needed someone to sing a scratch vocal on Tommy McDonald's record, the uh, Tommy McDonald and the Mac Five. That's the name of the record. And uh, she came in to sing the scratch vocal. She sang it, and all of us went oh yeah, I said, well, you're going to be the singer on the record. And then she sang on the record, and I said, how would you like to make your own record? She's like, I, I guess, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think that's exactly what you said was, I guess, sure. That, that sounds like what I would say, yeah. And uh, we put together six tunes. We got the same Inglehood rhythm section and horns together, and we did a great record on Laura. And you can get that this fall. It's going to come out. 2014 on Inglehood Records. We're glad to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for coming. We're glad you're part of the Inglehood family. Me too. And it's been a real pleasure working with you. It's been a pleasure working with you, Cowboy. Tell you what, everybody, it's killer. You're going to enjoy it. (laughs) Thank you for being on NashvilleSoulMusic.com. Please listen in the future. We're going to have some great interviews alongside Laura. You'll hear from Martin Linz. You'll hear from the aforementioned Micah. You'll hear from Steve Cropper, Lulu Marini, and Gene Chrisman. Some other great interviews to look forward to. This has been NashvilleSoulMusic.com. See you later. Hey guys, this is Laura Mayo. Look for my new record, Drinking Again, Fall 2014. Available on iTunes and NashvilleSoulMusic.com.